0: The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynbet.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already pay fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash in their new over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure you download us, the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir! We are back. We are back again for another episode of the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast. You're hearing my voice, so you know it's an episode with me in it. I'm your guy Villanreal, really real. It's Ralph Furman Jr. Got my guy with me, my co-host, my man, my myth, the legend, Scott Reichel. Scott, what's going on?
1: Nothing much. Just chilling. Uh, looking forward to some of the playoff games uh, tonight, both in the NBA and hockey. But we're here for something else because I believe we're talking about some fantasy football.
0: Yes, we are. We're talking about fantasy football and we're talking about bust and we're talking about stashes this is dynasty episode so we're going to talk about the guys you should be stashing in fantasy some people you should probably target and maybe rookie drafts, maybe your dynasty startup drafts that you should go after and some guys that you probably might want to leave alone because there's a potential for a big bust there going on and them just holding on to a roster spot for you but before we talk about that let's get into some news and try to figure out what's been going on. So the last time we talked, we talked about Deshaun Watson. The decision still hasn't been made on exactly what type of penalty he will be receiving. But it sounds like that they're hearing around the league is going to be three to four games.
1: Well, there was also another person who came out, so you could add one to
0: the total. Yeah, add another. So I think that brings the total to 23. They, they said they saw the HBO a documentary on real sports, and that made them want to come out. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. But it looks like he we knew he was getting a suspension, and it still determines on how long. But if it is what we talked about, and we did mention it a little bit, and if it is a four-game suspension and that's it, does Deshaun Watson skyrocket up your draft board now?
1: Skyrockets a bit of a stretch because you still are not exactly sure how long it's going to take him to get fully acclimated with the offense and how long it's going to take him to shake off some of the rust, he definitely goes up the boards. But I'm not going to tell you that he goes from like seventh round to third round. It's going to be nothing that crazy. But he might dr- he might dr- uh, jump maybe I don't know ten to twenty spots somewhere in between. Probably around you. Mm-hmm. I. Because some people are going to reach on him anyway for dynasty purposes just because of the fact that he's going to be in Cleveland for an eternity now because of the contract. So people are going to take a shot with him anyway. I don't want to say they were going to punt this year, but mm-hmm. I'm sure most people who were going to take Watson already had a backup quarterback option in place, and Watson would be their ceiling booster, so to speak, mm-hmm. where you'd get him to turn your team from a playoff team to a title contender. So I think one fantasy team owner is going to maybe reach a little, a little bit earlier, but I would say maybe around. I don't think it'll be more than that.
0: Okay. All right. Um, with well, – What do you think? I, I, I think people are going to reach, and I think that's ultimately going to turn me off of him. I, I just think that he's going to go way higher than I would – if he slides and if I caught him sliding – to a place where he probably should be drafted then I would take a chance on Deshaun Watson because I like my opportunity with the first four weeks and you know plug and play quarterbacks but I I can't I can't reach for him I can't reach for him not and to potentially not have elite Deshaun Watson until what maybe halfway through the season
1: not to mention all the rust he might have to shake off so
0: yeah so that could be a whole year, like he took a year off of, from football, so it might not just be a few weeks of rust, it might be a mm-hmm. whole season worth of rust, and you know that's why it's just astonishing to me that the Browns win total is so high or and their chances to win the division is so high with you know a team like Baltimore in there
1: i'm not, I'm not picking them
0: to win the division Yeah, no, I'm all over Baltimore Baltimore that's actually one of my best bets that Baltimore will win the AFC north. That but if I sh- asked
1: you right now, would Cleveland finish ahead of Cincinnati?
0: I would tell you no. No. I think that right now, they are third, maybe last place in division.
1: Yeah, I think that you can argue they're probably better than Pittsburgh, maybe by a nose. But once again, Pittsburgh's win total is significantly lower than Cleveland's.
0: Mm -hmm. And yet we're grouping those two teams together. Pittsburgh's win total is one of my best bets. Seven and a half, that's one of my best bets. I'm
1: saying either or. The point is that Cleveland's win total is a couple wins higher, and we think that they're more comparable to Pittsburgh than any other team in the division. Yep. So I'm expecting Cleveland to underachieve once again. And as a result, Watson, I get it. He's a great player. People remember him for his time in Houston. Mm -hmm. That was over a year ago. So I would rather take a more sure thing like a Stafford or something, around the same location in the draft or even potentially later than Watson. But I'd rather go for a staffer.
0: All right, let's get on to another little piece of news. I thought this was (laughs) funny because, you know, we talk about this all the time. But John Metchie III is ahead of schedule from his ACL surgery. Are you buying into that?
1: I'm not surprised because Houston took him so early. I'm assuming that the medical staff for the team gave him an examination, and determined that he was making very good progress. Because Houston, of course, you can argue they took him too early. They're still going to research the injury. So if they liked the player and they were impressed by the actual medical report, then that explains why they took him so early. So I'm not surprised by that. I think he's a good player. The issue that you have is he's in an offense that might be the worst offense in the league. Yep. And you have Mills, who's going to be the quarterback, who was pretty good in his rookie season. But I also don't know if he was good or if expectations were so low that anything he did that was positive was just considered gravy Uh because they thought he was going to suck, and he was actually mediocre. But you're looking at the other weapons on the team. You have Brandon Cooks, who is still on the roster. I'm not really sure why. I figured Houston would have tried to trade him by now. He's been relatively healthy, so I'm assuming that Mechie is going to be the two or the three. For this overall depth chart, would you agree
0: with that? Yeah, I think uh, three is safe for right now because he's got a he, – he's not practicing. He's not doing OTAs. He's not going to know that playbook. He's not going to come in and just jump, you know, multiple people that have been through training camp and through all this stuff. Yeah, would you
1: put him above or that? below like a Nico Collins? Below. Okay, so would, then he's basically the because three. Nico
0: Collins and Nico Collins and Davis Mills have some type of rapport. They yeah. look really good in the seat last season, and I'm not going to throw that in for you know my top ten draft pick. I'm I'm gonna you know let that guy get healthy take some time probably see some more of John Mechie popping into the, end of the yeah. season but you can argue that he's four
1: because Brevin Jordan's a tight end but he's basically a wide receiver so you yeah. can argue
0: that he's really a four and he's got a good report for Davis Mills too they connected on a few touchdowns and looked really good last year
1: Jordan's my fa- my second favorite target on this overall roster of course Cooks is the main one he's going a lot higher than Brevin Jordan but actually I think Brevin Jordan's pretty good yeah. but I'm not that interested because even in college Mechie was mostly a possession guy uh-huh. He was just the Yang to Jameson Williams's Ying, so it was kind of just, you know, what I'm tra- you know what I mean. It yeah, is just yeah. a spot where I he was it. supposed to be the complementary option. So he's gonna have the same role here with Cooks being more of a deep play guy, and you're gonna hope that Mechie picks up a bunch of receptions. But we've seen a lot of wide receivers struggle to make the transition from college defensive backs to NFL defensive backs, and we I think that Mechie might struggle during the early going, ignoring the injury just based on the fact that he's against much tougher defensive competition because we know Bama has uh-huh. dominated offensively for the last, I don't know, 20 years uh-huh. or for the last 10 years because he used to be a defensive-oriented team. But the point is, I don't know how much stock you can fully put into Mechi without knowing, A, how he's going to fare in the NFL as a third option on uh-huh. arguably the worst offense in the league, uh-huh. and B, if it's going to take him some added time to adjust to life post ACL injury. And even though he's progressing well, that doesn't mean that the confidence is fully going to be there with him coming in and out of his breaks. So I'm not interested. I'll keep an eye on him. I hope he does well in the future, but as for initial interest, it's pretty low.
0: Yeah. You're on the same page. You have anything you want to add? If um I'm, the only time I'm not touching him in redraft, I would I would not touch him in redraft. He's a no draft for me. I would touch him in dynasty if I already had my wide receiver set for the next year or two. If I, I just don't when know I what your ceiling is. Yeah, like, it, you I think, I think his ceiling. I think his ceiling is going to be something similar to what Jaden Jalen Waddle did last year. A but I'm saying possession guy. Okay. He, a lot of a really good PPR guy can get a lot of fantasy points, going to be a little bit more of a gadget guy and going to be uh, fun to watch and really pretty solid for a really solid wide receiver, too, for fantasy. But let's and say so, you're looking
1: two, three years down the road, though, for Dynasty. Do you really expect a Mills to still be the quarterback? Yeah. And B. with him being the quarterback. Do you still want him? Because I would say his upside is severely capped with
0: Davis Mills as his quarterback. Well, I was higher on Davis Mills than a lot of people coming out of the draft. He was pleasantly was, he was
1: pleasantly surprising. But once again, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's...
0: Was, be- I think he's better than what he should... Last year, you you were thrown to the wolves. He was thrown to the wolves last year. There was no offensive line. There was And no, he was decent. Yeah, he was decent. And so I think that he can be solid. Like, I really do think in a... With progression of that team, he could be solid. Now, are the Houston Tests going to make that positive regression? Well, progression, we don't really know. And so for Mechie... I like, I like the fact that I don't know what's going to happen with Houston because it could be Mills. They could move on and go and get somebody amazing in the next year or two. And so if I'm drafting him, I'm drafting him, one, as somebody who's already a playoff team in my dynasty league. So I'm not worried about bringing in anybody to make yeah. an automatic c- contribution right now. It's somebody, he's somebody that I'm like, all right, I'll take a shot on him, and I think that he could be worth something in a year or two, and he's going to be more of a stash. And probably should talk about him a little bit in later, but he's not in one of my groups for this episode. But he's somebody that I would think of stashing and just see, see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, then, hey, it didn't work out. I'm still a really good team, but I'm not drafting him if I need something to play in right now. Like, if I need contribution this year, I'm definitely not drafting him.
1: Yeah, so I feel like we're on the same page from that perspective, but that's kind of why I am – leaning towards staying away from him Mm -hmm. you need a lot of qualifiers on your actual team to consider taking him and when i say that the qualifiers are you already have enough wide receiver depth that you don't need him immediately and you're already a playoff team basically Mm -hmm. if your team's really good you can take a flyer yeah but if your team's not then there's other options with more immediate upside
0: in my very much so i agree very much so all right, before we get into our stashes and our busts, let's talk about WinBets. Bet $50, win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for $200 in free bets. Plus, check this if you bet $500 or more on the sports or casino with WinBet before July 31st, 2021, you can be entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club. It's a two night stay at Win Resorts. And for you and your entire league, for you and the entire league, it is a two-night stay, multiple entries allowed. And if a patron wagers $1,000 on sports, you're eligible for two entries. So if you do 500 here, 500 there, you get two entries into this contest. For you and your league to go draft at Wynn Encore Beach Club, look, it's so much to choose from WinBet. All you have to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now we're on to Sleeper, the fastest-going fantasy platform with millions and millions of players. We use Sleeper here for Dynasty Leagues, Rookie Mock Drafts, all this stuff is really, really great fantasy tool. But you can also use Sleeper to play their new over-under game. It's so easy. Let's just take the NBA Finals, for example, Draymond Green. You can bet Draymond Green's points or you can bet his rebounds. And you can go say, hey, we'll pick over or under in the contest. So you could just pick Draymond Green, pick his points, and pick over or under in the contest. And then, boom, you can get multiple players just like that. Two times to 20 times the amount of money that you can earn. Just like that. You could do three, four. Sean just put five in there. And five is going to get him 10 times the amount he put in. That is insane. So this is what you do. Head over to sleeper.com slash SGP. And you can join our SGPN group. We have a chat room where you can talk with us. You can see what plays we did. And at the top of the button, you can just copy all our picks and just tell us and we can all ride this out together or you can put your own picks and you can try to beat us and make more money than we can. So you can do all of that on sleeper terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Make sure you go to sleeper.com slash SGP for a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars and to join our SGP and group so that you can come in there and play with us. Sleeper.com SGP hundred dollar Deposit, first deposit match. All right, Scott. Let's start with our dynasty stashes for this episode. I'm going to let you go So go first, sir. What is one player? So we're doing three each, three stashes, three busts. We'll start with the stashes. Who is one player that in a dynasty startup or maybe even a rookie draft that you're saying, hey, I got to hold on to this guy. He may not, you know, be anything right now. But I'm drafting this guy with the intention of holding him because he's going to be good.
1: So I'm going to go with a guy who was actually really good two years ago and then got injured last year. I decided to not go for a rookie just Uh to be a little bit different. Uh I'm going to go to Green Bay, and I'm going to take Robert Tunyon. And I'm looking at what happened last year. Of course, he ended up suffering that ACL injury in, well, the early portion of the season. But if you look at what Green Bay has really done with him in the lineup, He's a red zone monster, and he had 11 touchdowns in 2020, along with about 590 yards. Last year, he played in eight games. He had two touchdowns. He's having a bit of a down year. But I'm looking at what Green Bay did during the offseason and the weapons that they have or the lack thereof. Uh, the cupboard is pretty bare. They don't have really anything. They lost to Vontae Adams. Of course, they ended up losing – really just a bunch of pieces. I mean, you look at the receiver depth chart, it's not pretty. And I'm trying to figure out a position that's pretty top-heavy where a lot of the mediocre flyer options aren't great or don't have much upside. And tight end, of course, is the main position that jumps off the page because you usually have about three, four guys that you feel really confident in, and then everyone else falls off a cliff. And we've seen Uh Tunyon be a top 10, even a borderline top five guy with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball a lot. And since they already have a history of success with each other, and the fact that with Adams being gone, a bunch of red zone uh, targets just opened up in that offense. Tunyon should be back by week one. It's not exactly a sexy option to mention a tight end first, but I got to bring up Tunyon because he was a consensus top 10 tight end going into last year. Uh And now with the ACL injury, it seems like everyone forgot about him. Uh Uh-huh. Give me Rodgers, give me a guy he trusts, and give me a red zone. Give me a guy who should be the number one red zone option for this team in the passing game. I'm going to take Tanya. I think he's undervalued.
0: No, I love it. I love it. I think that – and, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and so much everything changing around him, one thing is for certain is that they – he still has Aaron Jones, he still has Robert Tunyon, and those two guys he knows he can trust. Everybody else, whether they pop or whether or not, when you talk about Watson, you talk about you know, somebody I'm going to talk about a little bit later, and you, you don't know if they're going to pop or not. But yeah. he knows, he trusts those two guys, and so I think that's safe as long as you got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback.
1: Like, Scantling's not there either. Lazard, we know, gets injured basically every year. Mm-hmm. And I know you're high on Watson as a wide receiver, who they ended up drafting. I still want to wait and see how long it takes him to fully adjust to life in the NFL. But mm-hmm. when it comes to red zone
0: targets, Tunyon's gotta Tunney, tunyon has got to be mean, yeah, It's yeah, yes. Tunyon, and so. it's, it's Jones. That's really yeah.
1: – So the point is for, for tight ends, you're looking for a worst-case scenario touchdown upside and as a potential savior, and he's got mm-hmm. it. So give me Tunyon Wherever he's going in most drafts, I'm assuming it's way, way too low. And anytime you have Rodgers, of course, you know he's going to get his. So I'll take Tunyon.
0: Yep. All right. I like it. Let's move on to my number one – well, it may not be number one, but one of my stashes, and it's actually the guy that I like the most, and it's David Bell in the Cleveland Browns. He's currently going as the wide receiver 10 right now in rookie drafts, and I know people are like, David Bell, we know about him. Like, this isn't a guy that's deep, deep down in the depth chart or anything like that, but I'm saying he's a stash because – Look, he's, he's wide receiver 10. I don't think he should be wide receiver 10 in rookie drafts right now. I think that, and I think that if you're doing a dynasty startup, I, this is a rookie wide receiver that I'm targeting because David Bell, we've seen, we've seen the talent. We know he's a talented guy. We've seen it at Purdue. And when you look at the Cleveland Browns and what they're giving up, they've, they've lost over 49.5% of their air yards from last year and what's that? 46.6% of the target share. Is gone, and now you bring in Amari Cooper, who you're going to have what maybe four good games if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, Yeah. if he doesn't get hurt, and after that, Donovan, Donovan Peoples Jones, who we know just really stretches the field. He's not really like a possession wide receiver or anything like that. And so, if you're telling me that I have Deshaun Watson locked in on a long term deal, regardless of what happens this year, if it even works out for the Browns this year. Next year and years on, David Bell is going to start to be the guy. Amari Cooper's not the long term answer here, people. He's really not. And so, if I'm telling me I'm, I get to grow with David Bell and he's the wide receiver 10, like there's, I love George Pickens. I'm taking him over George Pickens. I'm probably even taking him over Christian Watson. And that's a guy that I really like. Like, I really like Christian Watson. I'm probably taking David Bell over Christian Watson. I might be taking him over Sky Moore because I don't know what's going to happen with that Kansas City offense. I don't know what like they have. They're so deep at wide receiver. I don't know what's gonna come up. Become of Sky Moore. He could just turn around and become another Michael Harmon. And so, yeah, David Bell has the talent. He has the size. He has everything that I'm looking for, and he's the tenth wide receiver going off in rookie drafts, and way lower than that in your dynasty startup drafts. Give me some David Bell. I think David Bell is going to be really good. And I'm basically chopping his first year up as a redshirt year because I don't think that he's going to get some burn and it's going to be a learning opportunity for him. But the question mark at QB for the beginning part of the season, because it's probably going to be Jacoby Brissett, I just can't see Baker Manfield being on the roster or even playing if he is on the roster. And then you're waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back I just don't think that the Browns are going to put together this year. So if you get something out of them this year, then cool, congrats. But I'm looking for year two, year three. I think David Bell is going to eventually cross that wide receiver one echelon very soon in fantasy. So, yes, he's a guy I'm absolutely targeting, and I have with the intention of stashing him for the future because I think he's going to be really, really good with Deshaun Watson in the future.
1: Yeah, the thing you got to look at is the fact that with Watson being – the number one option, the fact that they do have a lot of salary cap space being tied up to other positions, they're going to need somebody who's going to put up numbers with Deshaun Watson. And Bell, we've seen, have a lot of upside. He was very good at Purdue. I do think Bell's going to be a very solid player in the NFL.
0: Yeah, all right. Let's move on to our second stash. Who do you have? So for this one, it's actually a
1: player you just mentioned that you actually have below David Bell, but I like the spot. It's going to be Sky Moore. And I have to bring up the fact that, first of all, he's with Mahomes. So, of course, that's going to raise his ceiling no matter what. But you look at what Kansas City has done to this receiving core. They ended up losing Tyree Kill. And they tried to replace him via piecemeal. They picked up uh, Valdez Scantling. They picked up Juju Smith-Schuster. They still have Hardman. The issue is you look at the overall contracts on the roster. And McCole Hardman has one year left on his deal. Uh And Juju Smith-Schuster signed a one-year deal. So Schuster an experiment. We'll see what happens there. Maybe he works out. Maybe he doesn't. We haven't seen him play in basically a year because he got injured in basically week one of the NFL season last year, or at least yep. the first month. Yep. I'm assuming Hardman's going to be let go. He's underachieved every year he's been there. I don't think Kansas City's going to bring him back.
0: Do you? No. So I, I, I we're we're going to talk about Juju later, and oh, okay, and uh, you know. But, wait, but in terms of Juju and Nicole Hardman, I don't, know what their, I don't know what their status with the team is.
1: Juju, maybe, if he has a good year. I just think Hardman's done. I think the front office has given him every chance to succeed, and he's failed every time. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's coming back. But the point is, when you end up picking up a wide receiver, or they picked up two, but one of them's a free agent at the end of the year, and Hardman's probably gone, that means that you might be looking at Sky more. Competing with Valdez Scantling next year for the number one wide receiver spot. Now, of course, Kansas City might end up picking up somebody else. Uh, I can't predict what they're going to do there. But the fact that two of the guys in that room who have seniority over him might be gone next year and that he's, and he still has Patrick Mahomes for the next couple of years, I do think is a huge boost. I'm looking at Sky Moore. I didn't want to pick one of the top, top receivers that everyone's going to be targeting. But Sky Moore with Mahomes, with A lot of flexibility in the depth chart for the upcoming years, I think is very attractive. Uh I'm going to go with Sky Moore because I do think that he should become a solid piece in this offense. Maybe not this year, but for the next couple of years in the future.
0: Yeah, very much so. And I think he's good. You know, Uh, I think that there's opportunity. The fact that he was drafted and where he was is already, you know, says enough. And he's the contract get, sold. Me I think he's going to get the, the same opportunity that Mikael Hartman got, and Mikael yeah. Hartman didn't do enough with his opportunity, you know, thus far. It just didn't work out. It's not, you know, a testament on whether he's a good receiver or not. It just didn't work out with Kansas City, or doesn't seem to be working out with Kansas City. He Still has one more year to try to make make it do what it do. But Sky Moore is going to get all that opportunity that Mikael Hartman got, and if he takes it and flourishes, he's going to be really good. So,
1: and I, once I again, like you're t- you're talking about him getting the same opportunities Mikael Hartman got. Hartman's still on the team. Yep. Kansas City fans haven't wanted him on the team for several years. So the point <laughs> is, Kansas
0: City has shown... I don't think they lo- wanted him anymore when they figured out that Tyreek Hill wasn't getting suspended. <laughs>
1: yeah, p- pretty much. But the point is is that even with some underwhelming overall stats, the fact that Harbin's still there shows that the franchise has a lot of loyalty yep. towards some of the younger receivers, mm-hmm. which should give more ample
0: opportunities to make a statement. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right, let's move on to my next. And it's actually a tight end. And, yes, it's a guy that's probably going a little bit higher in some of these uh, rookie drafts. Definitely not in dynasty startup drafts, but it's Trey McBride. And I feel like I said this when we were doing our rookie mock draft. If I have a a Travis Kelsey, definitely if I have George Kittle, if I have like one of those two guys, I'm targeting Trey McBride. Because by the time those guys completely fall off, Trey McBride should be picking up his stride and taking over as one of the top tight ends in fantasy. This guy is an absolute freak of nature at, four, at 6'4", 246 pounds. <laughs> this guy is huge. He had an amazing time at Colorado State. I think he was actually like one of the like first unanimous all americans for colorado state at least at tight end maybe of all positions but i know at least at tight end he was like one of the first unanimous all americans for them and it 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 says a lot like when you just watch him he it's like watching a highlight reel he can catch the ball you just throw the ball up to him and no matter where it's at he can go get it he can manipulate his body he can turn he can do all this stuff and he can catch the ball and not afraid of, you know, taking a hit or giving hits. Like this is a physical – he's a physical tight end. And so when you look at his um, seasons at Colorado State, he came out with, you know, two seasons of 36.6 and 38% of his team's reception. So he gets a lot of work. He's used to the workload. And the only thing that's holding him back is that they, some reason, really like Zach Ertz. Like the Cardinals really like Zach Ertz, they gave Zach Ertz a new deal, and that's really the only thing that's sitting there and saying, "Wow, I'm questioning Trey McBride." But that's not enough for me because you, I've seen people go out there and get deals. Matt Flynn got a deal, a huge deal from the Seahawks, and then Russell Wilson started the year, and so Russell Wilson went on to win a Super Bowl for them. So. I'm not really – I don't really care about the NFL and who they sign to a major deal. Talent is going to win out at all times, and I think Trey McBride has the talent. And so am I saying that it's going to happen this year? No. But if it happened next year, if they're trying to move on from Zach Ertz, if they cut Zach Ertz in the future, if they say that, no, we're going full ahead with this kid, if he even gets partial workload this year and looks great, it's not going to be confusing to me. I think Trey McBride is going to be great. I think he's going to be one of the next Travis Kelsey – and George Kittle liked tight ends, and yes, rookie tight ends are concerned, but th- that's why you're stashing him. This is why you're putting him maybe in a taxi squad. This is why you're, you're holding on to guys like this, because they will pop during some time, and Dynasty's about the long haul. It's not all about what's in front of you. So, yes, give me some Trey McBride. He's one of the guys that I, again, if I'm a good team, if I'm a playoff team, I'm not really doing this more of – If I'm, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, and even if I am one of the worst teams, if I feel like that I can get some value later in the draft and my tight end spot is solidified and I want to set myself up for the future, yes, Trey McBride is one of those guys I absolutely want.
1: Yeah, for me, I see McBride being a surefire top 10 fantasy tight end for the next decade or so once he gets the starting job. So that's how I look at him.
0: Yeah, he's really good. He's really, really good. That's, you know, that's one of my favorite tight ends in this draft. And, you know, upside, I think he has a higher, we talk about Kyle Pitts and how much we love Kyle, like people love Kyle Pitts last year. I think his upside is way higher than Kyle Pitts.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think that he's definitely going to be in a solid spot for success. So I'm also going to be investing pretty heavily in McBride. I see him, whether it's redraft or not, being my tight end in, I'd say, two years time. So if you want to invest in him now, I do think that's definitely a solid option.
0: And the best thing about him being at tight end is that even, worst case scenario, this Kyler thing doesn't work out with the Cardinals because we hear the rumblings. You know, they say, oh, he's not at OTAs. He's not blah, 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 blah. All this stuff that nobody really cares about. But, you know, a lot of people try to make something that's really out of nothing. Let's say that they're all actually right. And Kyler is fed up. He's done. He doesn't want to be an Arizona Cardinal anymore. Even if you come in and you give me some backup quarterback, or some rookie quarterback or tight ends are always going to have value with those guys mm-hmm. always as the safety blanket, as somebody that you can trust and go for. So I, I like them for the long haul. The quarterback situation doesn't scare me at all. If there even is a quote unquote quarterback situation. So, all right, who's your third guy?
1: So this one, I threw out a name, but it's more representative of a group. It's going to be Baltimore's receivers. You can pick whichever one you like the most but I'm going with Tylon Wallace, Uh who I'm a big fan of. Now, Uh I know that he is technically right now the number four receiver on the depth chart, but you look at Mm -hmm. who's in front of him. You have Proche, you have DuVernay, and you have Bateman. And Bateman has been a pretty interesting prospect up to this point because it seemed like Baltimore took their time with him and then just refused to fully unleash him. And I'm not
0: sure why. You get that same vibe last year. I did. Uh, once he got back from in- injury, they were very careful with him. They were very, very careful with him. So if
1: you want to, by the way, you can throw Bateman in as a stash. But I'm going to go like deep, deep dive here for a stash. No,
0: no, I like it. We're talking like we're talking like Taxi Squad type stuff. Yeah, like Taxi that type Squad famous, type stash.
1: Yeah. Wallace is a guy who I just think has more upside than Duvernay and Proche. And Duvernay is going to be a gadget guy. I get it. He's fast. He can do. He mm-hmm. can do special team stuff for you. But we've seen him as a receiver. Does he run great routes? No. Does he have a lot of routes to choose from? No. He's a speedster. And Wallace, I watched a lot of at Oklahoma State. And he was one of the best wide receivers in the country. And the reason why he was a not-so-sought-after prospect was the ACL injury, which moved his career back. And as a result, he really was not much of a factor last year. But you you lost Hollywood Brown, and Baltimore, surprisingly did not really invest in another wide receiver in free agency. So mm-hmm. Baltimore looked at the current group that they have and said, this is good enough for us. And I know Baltimore wants to run the ball a lot. I get it. But the point is, somebody's going to need to step up and fill the void for Hollywood Brown's target share. And Bateman's going to be the obvious guess. But they still need a second guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think Proch is that guy. I don't think Duvernay is that guy. Wallace, I've seen put up big numbers in college so I know that he's capable of embracing a bigger role I think he's a pretty solid taxi squad option I'm gonna go with Wallace
0: all right I yeah I I think he's great I think he's great he's one of my guys that I think will jump up that depth chart this season I think he'll jump up this season and the only the only thing that doesn't isn't going well for him is the fact of the passing workload in Baltimore Mm -hmm. but
1: They got to throw it sometimes.
0: Yeah, they got to throw it sometimes. And Baltimore was the most unluckiest team with injury last year. And so, you know, if anything does happen to Bateman or anything like that, I think he definitely skyrockets and he gets a lot of attention at least some weeks. So, yeah, I definitely like Tyler Wallace. And which is crazy that you talk about Baltimore receivers because we get into my last stash and it is a receiver it's not a wide receiver though it's a tight end and i'm going back to the rookies and i really really like Isaiah Likely i i really really like Isaiah Likely He was good at Coastal Oh he was great at Coastal he was one of my favorite players to watch at Coastal and when the Baltimore Ravens drafted him because i was sitting there thinking i'm like oh where should he go like this is a good this is a good tight I don't end think, like yeah. Yeah, he's a very good prospect. I'm interested to see where he goes. I know he's not going to be one of those top guys drafted, but when he went to Baltimore, I was like, duh, that's perfect. That's it right there. Because he's, not only is he a good receiver, he's a good blocking tight end. He doesn't get enough credit for that. He's a good blocking tight end. And so he's going to get on the field for a lot of those run sets, a lot of those RPO sets that Baltimore loves to run so much. And when he does – And when he gets the opportunity to catch the ball, he's going to be electric. He's going to be electric. And I'm just thinking about him lining up on the other side of Mark Andrews and these two tight end sets. And he's going to get the opportunity at the goal line. He's going to get opportunity to make plays. If anything happens to Mark Andrews, he's going to get the opportunity to play and have the chance to show out. And Baltimore showed us last year that they can deal with injuries and be able to bounce back from them. And so – from what this offense does with the tight end position, Isaiah likely is one of those guys that I think, Oh man, he, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. I want him on my bench in the, in the case of anything happens to Mark Andrews. And as time goes on, if anything, like they move on from Andrews or he misses a season for any reason or anything like that, or it's just Isaiah likely time. I think that he can be the next good tight end in Baltimore. When we think about the history of Baltimore tight ends, So Yes. Give me Isaiah Isaiah Likely. I love Isaiah Likely. He is also one of my favorite stashes for this season.
1: So I guess the one question I'd have for you, at what point do you believe that he would be a viable option to take over that starting tight end job?
0: It would probably be... Once
1: Andrews is gone?
0: Yeah, it would have to be once Andrews. I just don't – I can't see a, a realm of possibility that Andrews is there and neither yeah, can I to Likely. it had to be Andrews is gone, and that's a very good possibility because Lamar, at the end of this season, whether it's during the season or whether it's at the end of the season, and this is another part of the breakdown for Isaiah Likely that I don't think a lot of people are talking about because just people in the fantasy community don't think about contracts like that. At at some point during this season or at the end of this season, Lamar Jackson is going to be the number one paid quarterback in the league. If he's not number one, he's going to be number three at worst. But the quarterback market keeps reshuffling itself. He's going to get paid and he's going to get paid a bag. It may be somewhere to the tune of $50 million. And that comes with the price. You don't get that. The cap space doesn't work like that. You don't just get to give people money willy-nilly. That's going to come with a price, and some people are going to get cuts. Why do you think Tyreek Hill didn't get the deal that he wanted in Kansas City? It's because Patrick Mahomes' contract finally kicked in, and they don't have that money to just be throwing around willy-nilly anymore, especially not at wide receivers. And so, you know, when Mark Andrews comes up on another contract and negotiations and stuff like that starts, there is a high possibility that they say, Look what we have with likely. We can do without you. We're gonna move on from you because we can't pay you that.
1: Yeah, the reason why I brought up the Mark Andrews contract situation is because he signed an extension about a year or so ago uh-huh. and he's under contract until twenty twenty six. Now you mentioned Omar Jackson's new upcoming deal. He's gonna make a ton and they're yes. gonna have to make some tough choices.
0: Yeah. And, and it may be to trade it may be to trade him off of that contract.
1: They can, but I guess the one counterpoint I'd make, once again, I like Likely as a prospect. I think he's very good. But with Andrews being under contract until 2026, it gives me a little bit of pause.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. And I just think that once that deal kicks in, knowing what Baltimore does, they're going to spend whatever excess money that they have after paying Lamar. They're going to put all that money into quarterbacks. I mean, not quarterbacks, but into defense. Like they're going to put all the rest of that money into the defense, and they're going to make sure that their defense is strong, and the skill position players for Baltimore, so the J.K. Dobbins, the Gus Edwards, the Mark Andrews, the Rashad Batemans, When they're, you know, when those guys outside of Andrews' contracts come up, there might going to be some tough cuts there. Andrews might have a good another couple years, and they say, "All right, we just can't afford to pay this guy this much anymore. If you're not restructuring, we have to move on and get rid of you." Yeah, and that's fair. trade you while your value is high because nobody's going to want an aging tight end with a high contract. So, you know, uh, what's the, what's the thing in the stock market Buy low, sell high, yeah. that could very well be Mark Andrews mm-hmm. and with the talent of his Isaiah likely and the fact that I think he can still see the field somewhat and, you know, start building and possibly look like a decent tight end you know, with Mark Andrews already out there, I'm going to take the chance. I really like the player. Yeah, I like the player too. All right. Before we get into the bus, we got to talk about AG1 Athletic Greens and their AG1. This stuff is a delicious scoop of 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start your day. Look, this stuff helps support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, Recovery, focus, sleep quality, even gives you better sleep quality. And it's cheaper than your cold brew daily habit. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five star reviews. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, this is what they're going to do for you. They're going to give you a year, a free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgrains.comslash SGP. Again, that's slash SGP. Health is wealth, people. Trying to tell you health is wealth. And IP Vanish is the premier VPN that I'm trying to tell you all about. I use it 100% encrypts your data so you don't have to worry about hackers, ISPs, prying eyes, anything like that. Plus, you don't have to sacrifice speed on your devices like your tablets, your computers, your laptops, your Fire Stick. It works at the same speed, easy as a tap of the button and IP vanish is protecting you and they're giving you a 70% off their yearly plan to our listeners with 30-day money-back guarantee, Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP tap into that 70% off savings with promo code SGP. That's dot com slash SGP. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here. We got buzz. So potential buzz. These are guys that we're looking at and people may be high on, they may not be high on, they may just be going higher than a higher ADP than you're willing to take these guys in dynasty startups and in rookie drafts and anything like that. So what's your first bust that you're saying, hey, this is one guy that you should be wary of. I'm not certain if he's going to pop.
1: So just to be clear for the busts, I really stayed away from the younger guys. I ended Mm -hmm. up focusing more on some players who have been solid or at least people have been extremely interested in for the last couple of years in fantasy football that I'm personally low on. So I'll focus on those guys. First one's going to be Cordero Patterson for the Falcons and After a career year last year, he seems to be jumping up several rounds compared to where it was last year. He was basically undrafted last year, and now he's somewhere in the middle rounds. I have a hard time trusting a guy who had a career year at age 30. Now he's 31, and you looked at what happened down the stretch. He fell off a cliff. He had less than 70 yards in each of the last five games, technically six games because he got injured in the New England matchup, so he actually did not play. In one week, but the point is, I do believe that Patterson's a guy who was really just the product of being a versatile option in a very weak offense, and Atlanta force fed him the ball. However, Patterson's had injury issues his entire career. You look at what Atlanta's done during the offseason, they ended up drafting Drake London, who's going to take away a decent amount of red zone touches from him. They also ended up bringing in Algier as a rookie running back, they signed Damian Williams. So they do have some backup running back options. Mm -hmm. So do I think Patterson's going to have the same amount of volume that he had last year? No, I don't think he's going to have 200 plus touches. And at age 31, people are expecting him to repeat what he did last year, especially with Mariota as the quarterback. I don't see it. I still think that he's a talented overall player, but I think last year was the ceiling. I expect more regression, not to mention the injuries that he's been known to have his entire career. I'm gonna stay away from him and I feel like you can find better options in the middle rounds, in my opinion.
0: All right. Yeah, I I I agree. I think I don't know. I think Cordo Patterson may have like one year left in him, maybe. He might, but the yeah. point is, he's projected yeah. to go where yeah. like ninth round, eighth, ninth yeah, round. Yeah, I'm not. Fight. I'm not taking him that high at all. It's not. I I, I just wasn't a. I wasn't a. Court, I just didn't think he was a. Last year shocked me. Last yeah. year shocked me. It shocked everybody. And so, does he repeat that? A lot. It's hard for a lot of people to repeat that success. And so, yeah, I 100 percent agree. With but you. a lot of the, the success that he
1: had was solely based on touchdowns because he yep. ended up having 11 total touchdowns and it really saved him at the end of the year because he really didn't get many yards. And Mm -hmm. if you want to make the argument that he's going to be the red zone back, that might hypothetically be true. But once again, he's 31. The injuries might catch up to him. It kind of did at the end of last year. It felt like he did most of his heavy lifting in terms of production in the beginning, middle portion Mm -hmm. of the season. And really the receptions fell off a cliff. He had less than three receptions in each of the last five games. So if he became pretty much just a running back with not much pass-catching upside at the end of the year and how mm-hmm. he's got Mariota, I'm not really interested. Yeah. And what for Dynasty, how much more... Assuming that, let's just say he does perform decently this year, for Dynasty purposes, how many years do you have left with him being your RB2? One? Mm-hmm. I'd rather go elsewhere for guys who might be more steady contributors for two, three years instead of
0: one. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. All right, let's get to my first potential bust. I have so I have Damian Pierce written down as the name, but honestly, as I began to think about it more, it's really not conclusive to Pierce. It's just because yeah. I'm looking at Pierce's ADP in these rookie drafts and he's going as the RB five and here's my issue with that and it's really not more of speaking to the player but it's more of speaking to the spot and when you get past the third round these rook the hit rate on these rookie running backs declines immensely like, immensely declines after the third round. Like, let's just listen, listen to some of the names of third-round running backs, you know, for the past 20 or so years. Just some of the names. Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, David Johnson, uh, David Montgomery, Duke Johnson, DeMarco Murray, Frank Gore. Uh, you had a season of Royce Freeman, Jamal Charles. Like, there's, there's, a, there's already King and Drake. Like, there's, there's a pretty solid little hit rate there. And James Conner, even in that, in that conversation. And when you get to the fourth round, the hit rate on these running backs drops to like some 20% of how many actually do good in the NFL. Like only some 20% of, of running backs drafted in the fourth round hit. And when you go fifth and, and beyond, it's like 9%. There's not a heavy hit rate of those running backs in those later rounds, and I'm just not going to – I don't want to take a chance on that. I don't want to be sitting on a guy that could potentially pop, could potentially not. And so once I get to the fourth round of these running backs, I'm really not interested. Now, Damian Pierce, you're just the name that's going to get dropped because you're going as the RB5. And I just – one, you're you're at Houston. I don't trust Houston's offensive line. I don't trust Houston as an organization already. I don't think that they're going to have too, too much – he may get majority of the touches, but are those going to be even good touches? Like, are they, are they even going to do anything running the ball this year? I, I don't know. I'm not certain on it. And so other names that went in the fourth round that, you know, you can sit here and be like, oh, they could pop. Like, Samir White from Georgia. All right. Like, that's a good name. Josh Jacobs is still there. But Zymir White could, you know, take over that job for sure. Easy. Josh Jacobs gets hurt a lot. Isaiah Spiller. He's going to the Chargers where they have a million running backs. Pierre Strong, South Dakota State going to the New England Patriots. We, who knows what they're doing at running back? Hassan Haskins is going to be going to back up Derrick Henry. We've seen what's happened with Derrick Henry's backup so to pass. I like Haskins. I think he's good. And, and it's not saying that all of these guys are going to flop, but the numbers just don't support. The numbers don't support. And they say that of Haskins, of Strong, of Spiller, of White – of Pierce probably only one of them is going to pop and be good and then that person might only be good for a season you might not get a career long type of player like that and so I'm not willing to take that risk on I'm not willing to take on possibly getting one good year and then that's it and potentially all the rest of those years so yes Damian Pierce is going to get the name drop that's my name but I'm very uh weary of all running backs that go in the fourth round or later because the hit rate is so small on them. I just don't know if I want to take a a chance when it's so many good wide receivers that I think that can actually hit going around that same range.
1: Yeah, for me I think the term dynasty bus is a bit tricky because you can look at it from several perspectives. You can look at it from the perspective that I used, which is focus on guys that are doing Well, currently, or guys that are well-known because you're looking down the road and if they're going to fall off a cliff. On the other hand, you have your angle, which is the younger guys. Because it's a dynasty league, you don't want to waste a roster spot on a guy who doesn't develop in four years. Yep. So you can go about it in different ways. So I like how we had some parity with our interpretation.
0: Definitely. And, you know, that's what happens when you you got – yin and yang over here (laughs) you're going to get all spec, all sides of the spectrum so all right let's keep it moving let's go on to your second bus
1: so well you throw his name out there and i'm just going to mention him in my busts list here it's josh jacobs and i think that he's in a terrible spot right now we know that the raiders have tried to get him a lot of touches with this overall core it was most of the previous regime. Yeah, I was Gruden about to say, with, was it?
0: Yeah, it was Gruden. It was really it was, Gruden. that it was Gruden, Gruden said, and Mayock. So, Gruden said, I want him to be the best running back in
1: fantasy. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that's the point. There's a couple of different angles to look at Jacobs' future, and none of them are good. Mm-hmm. The, first ta- the first way to look at it is Gruden and Mayock drafted him. We're, we cut ties with them. We're cutting ties with all the players, so they're gonna wipe their hands clean. Jacobs is done. I'd be shocked if he was back next year. Uh The second point, which confirms what I just said, is the fact that he had his contract option declined by the team, so he's going to be a free agent. Yep. And Jacobs, we already know his injury issues. We know that the production has not been as sharp as we wanted. He seemed to peak in the first half his rookie year, which Uh is not a good sign. (laughs) Moving forward, (laughs) plus they tried to get Kenyon Drake some touches last year. I'm not a Kenyan Drake guy, but the fact that you were even throwing him out there while you had Jacobs on the team, I think is extremely concerning. And it seemed like the Raiders were already trying to experiment for other options in the back end of last year. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at Jacobs and where he's projected to go. You're looking at the touchdown upside. I know they got Devontae Adams, so you might see them throw the ball a bit more. Oh, yeah, sure. Jacobs is a guy who I think is a pretty good running back who really doesn't excel at anything. Mm -hmm. He's a pretty good runner. He's a decent pass catcher. He's an okay blocker. He's fine. That's how I would describe him. But it seems like the Raiders have officially wanted to cut ties with anybody associated with the Gruden regime. And Jacobs is going to be one of the casualties. So I think he's going to be gone. Do I know where he's going to go next year? No. Is he going to start next year? I have no idea. So yep. when it comes to dynasties, I don't want to draft a guy if his ceiling is having a mediocre season with the Raiders, which has been the case entire career, and then entering the abyss next offseason. So I'm going to stay away from him entirely. I would rather bet on more sure things in the running back market. But even if Jacobs does well, there's no chance the Raiders bring him back. Yeah, I don't think so. So I don't want to guess where he's going to go and deal with that whole chaotic situation in about 10 months' time. Yeah. I'll pass. Give me somebody else. So I got Jacobs on my fade list.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, I think that you got one more year of Josh Jacobs. If, if I have Josh Jacobs down, I'm trying to move on from him. And
1: that's a ceiling because yeah, exactly. he could think, also just be awful this year.
0: Yeah, he could. And, you know, I was talking last my last bust about the fourth round running backs and I said well you you're lucky if you get one of them to pop I think Zamir White is going to be that one to pop to be honest and so he's he's got the situation he's got a coaching staff that actually wants him there so he he could steal Josh Jacobs job and that even makes Josh Jacobs even less valuable and then we know how the running back market is right now for free agents it doesn't turn out well and you really have to go try to prove yourself to make your make yourself a role in a new place so I 100% agree there's too many variables with Josh Jacobs for me to want to take him where he's going in dynasty startups or anything like that right now all right for my second potential bust talked about him a little bit earlier it's gonna be Juju smith schuster because Juju's on a one-year deal and mm-hmm. I don't even know he's on a prove-it deal and I don't know if he's gonna prove it this year and if he doesn't prove it this year What's, what is the upside going forward for Juju? The this guy didn't play at all last season due to injury. And if we look at these Steelers wide receivers, how many times do they ever leave Pittsburgh and be good? I, Plaxico. I, I, that's the last name that we're thinking of. Like, that's, that's the first
1: the, name that popped into my head.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, it's you not, had like half a
1: year of Mike Wallace. That's what with, I was saying. Baldwin.
0: You had maybe a season of Mike Wallace. And that's it. But you you don't see these guys leave P- Pittsburgh and be anything. And Juju just might not be that guy. Like that's really yeah. what it is.
1: Antonio so, at half a year.
0: He him. had one play. <laughs> with half a year, <laughs> he, a he was Brady. okay earlier. Yeah, on. he had Tom Brady. Yeah. He had Tom. Whenever he put, came back and played with Tom Brady, he looked good. And so, yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not sold. I don't want any parts of Juju. Juju's going relatively I think around what is ADP of 80
1: well you know Mahomes is going to be the serious booster to his ADP because they don't have yeah. really any other receivers
0: yeah and so he's getting boosted because of that but if I'm looking at names that are going behind uh, behind uh, Juju Smith-Schuster that I like Jalen Hurts is going behind him I would absolutely take Jalen Hurts as the quarterback before Juju smith even if I only get a couple of years good of Jalen Hurts as my quarterback because he still can be one of those top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. But
1: well, when it comes to ADP, I don't have it in front of me. Do you know where Valdez Scantling is projected to go, according to most ADPs? Yeah,
0: yeah. let me control F his name right now.
1: Because Sco- I would personally
0: rather F Scantling. Valdez... Uh, he is going at... So Juju is 80, wide receiver... Where's Juju? Let's go back. Juju. That was officially wide receiver 40. Okay. Valdez Scantling is going at 162, wide receiver 68.
1: Okay, now just hear me out here. For dynasty, you can argue redraft, maybe Juju goes first. But for redraft, I mean for dynasty, would you rather have Juju off an injury who's on a one-year prove-it deal or the guy that the Chiefs ended up giving a contract to during the offseason that involves him being on the team for three years. I'm I'll take the, the guy three-year three guy. Year,
0: I'm taking the three-year guy for sure. So, And the fact that Juju could be back with the team, could not be back with the team. Again, talking about names that are going behind him. Brandon Cooks. I'm taking Brandon Cooks over Juju. Brandon Cooks is going a couple spots. Well, I'm taking Brandon Cooks and Dynasty over Juju because, one, Brandon Cooks has proven to me he, he can do it in a bad offense. Two, he's proven to me that no matter where he goes, he's going to be good. <laughs> he's proven, He's been on four teams now. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's always good. So, yes, I want Brandon Cooks over Juju. I, I'll take Jalen Hurts over Juju. I'll take Chase Claypool over Juju. I'll take Pat Fryer move over Juju. I'll take Gabriel Davis. Yes, give me Gabriel Davis a million times over Juju. Like, I'm just not I'm, – I'm not a believer in Juju and this one-year prove-it deal, and maybe he gets re-signed, maybe not. I'm not taking a risk with a guy like Juju. I'm not. I, guess, I guess the counterpoint – He's on a fate list yeah. for me.
1: I guess the counterpoint would be that since Big Ben hasn't been able to throw the ball more than 10 yards in the air for the last three years, that Juju wasn't used properly mm-hmm. because he was basically a drag specialist – And you could argue that maybe Kansas City can tap into some of that potential by giving him more routes to actually run because their quarterback can throw the ball a lot further than Big Ben ever could. But I don't really like Juju either. I think that following the injury, which is another concern, you don't exactly know what his durability is going to be moving forward. You Mm -hmm. said what the upside was. I said the TikToks. That was basically it. (laughs) But I'm not exactly interested. I agree with you. You mentioned Brandon Cooks. We mentioned Val DeScantling. Gabriel Davis. But, are you taking, Gabriel are you taking Davis Juju
0: too. over Gabriel Davis? Buffalo
1: is very crowded, so you have a discussion there. But I think Gabriel Davis is right now the better player.
0: If Gabriel Davis was the number one option in two years in Buffalo, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: I think he's extremely talented. I think Davis is a very good player who just landed in one of the worst spots imaginable. Yeah. Because he would be cooking on any
0: other team. Yeah. And... Who, I've heard rumblings. Stephon Diggs might not be long term there with Buffalo.
1: Well, if they don't win a title in the next year or so, they're going to clearly try to invest the roster and then uh, cap space. Josh Allen,
0: positions. Josh Allen is going to get a contract. Yeah. So, all right, half the defense is going to get a contract. Yeah. So, uh, Gabriel, I like Gabriel Davis. I like Gabriel Davis. All right. Let's go on to your last potential bust. Who do you have?
1: So for this one, it's a guy people are low on anyway, but he's young, he's mobile, and he's a quarterback. And you know, people have already invested in him in Dynasty Leagues, so I got to bring him up, is Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. And Fields is a guy who I'm sure people who already have him feel miserable about it. But if you're talking about guys who can utilize the extremely rare rushing yards upside Mm -hmm. I don't mean guys who get you 300 rushing yards I mean guys who can push like 700 if the offense is built around him and people drafted Justin Fields hoping he would potentially develop into pure ceiling Lamar Jackson's MVP year, a guy who would have a bunch of rushing yards a decent amount of passing touchdowns and could keep the turnovers relatively low and this is not all on Justin Fields. I'm not going to fully blame him. A lot of it is situational. Chicago's got nothing. And they even lost Allen Robinson. They have no weapons on the entire team. On top of that, the only player who's really worth a damn on the offense is David Montgomery with a little bit of Cole Komet in there if you want to go for tight ends. But they have no weapons. I think Mooney's okay. But we talked about how in previous podcasts, quarterbacks can struggle and become busts just because of the fact that they have no weapons and no offensive line. Yep. And everyone's going to blame the quarterback. I wouldn't yep. stayed with the jets with Sam Darnold. Yep. Do I think Darnold's a good quarterback? No, but he was set up for failure. He was, Do I think Daniel Jones was set up for failure with the giants. Of course, very he much. So they had no yes. offensive line. He was getting killed every single, every single game. So Justin Fields has no receivers and no offensive line. <laughs> and if you want to talk about what the ceiling or the expectations are for Chicago, they're a basement team. They're in the middle of a rebuild. So would I want to invest in a young quarterback with rushing upside because of the fact that he can blossom into something? No, because it's very tough to grow as a tree if you have no sunlight. And right now he's got no
0: sunlight. Ooh, ooh. Oh Sky, you dropped a bag on that one. Hey, not she dropped a bag on that one. Oh man. Look. Woo that was fire. All right, look. So I wanna send out an open letter to Justin Fields. Dear Justin Fields. So you know, maybe it's not we'll your fault. the clips Good Goodwill hunting. We'll the, it's not your look, fault. Yeah, we'll probably get the clips team to cut this out and send this out so Justin can hear it. But dear Justin Fields. I promise you it's not your fault. And I feel so bad for you because whether people believe the talent is there, and they're obviously somebody did because they drafted you that high. The new regime obviously doesn't care about you. No. And not at they, all. they're ready to move on because they they let your best weapons go away. And they didn't give you anything. They didn't even give you an offensive line. I, I, I can't even sit here and think about what they did in their draft that benefited Justin Fields at all. He's didn't get killed. I mean, there's no way around it. And so, while Justin, while I can't trust you in fantasy, I hope you have, you, through all the bullshit, you have an amazing season. I really do. I really hope you have a good season. It doesn't look good at all. It don't look good for you at all. I hope your health stays intact. And I hope that you get another opportunity outside of Chicago, because as we saw with the late Dwayne Haskins, when an organization doesn't forget
1: want about you, Haskins, Trubisky, Trubisky. I mean, too? like yeah. the same franchise. They just yeah, don't help. So they don't develop yeah. quarterbacks at all.
0: When they, when they, when the franchise doesn't want you, when the new regime doesn't want you, I just say Haskins because it it was so publicized. Yeah. When the new regi- mm-hmm. regime doesn't want you it's really slow for you and then everybody blames you and i really don't think it's justin fields justin fields has shown me flashes but we always said that justin fields needed to be developed a little bit more and he could be really good and it doesn't seem like anybody cares about his development they're just like all right well he's just going to sit there and take and get brutalized for a whole season while we get a higher draft pick and go get the guy we want so i feel so bad for justin fields i'm really yeah. sorry that you had to deal with this and i hope that if it doesn't work out in chicago you get another opportunity but that, this sucks. This really sucks for him.
1: Now, most people, if you're doing the startup for a Dynasty League, aren't going to be taking him immediately. But you know everyone is blinded by rushing yard upside when mm-hmm. it comes to quarterbacks. And I feel like people might reach on him. They might end up taking him. Or even if you have him in your active Dynasty League, it might be time to pull the ripcord. Yeah. Because I think we would agree he's not going, or he's most likely not going to amount to anything. Yeah.
0: Until there's a change in scenery, change in scenery, or you just you hope and a prayer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
1: So, if you're talking about which quarterbacks or young quarterbacks, I would rather invest in moving forward that might take a couple of years to develop. I would. Much I could name a couple a that I'd rather Ritter.
0: have. Desmond Ritter. I would much rather have Desmond Ritter on my team than Justin Fields.
1: Ritter. You can make an argument for. You can make an
0: argument for Willis. Yeah. I I'd rather have Kenny Pickett yeah absolutely definitely definitely pick it like pick it is a no-brainer but
1: that's what i'm saying so you can talk about some rookies some other options at least
0: willis and ritter at where they got taken tells me that the team actually wants them there yeah i don't think that ryan pace and the bears organization wants justin fields there all right time for my last guy and we talked about him a little bit earlier i alluded that i was going to talk about somebody else from the packers organization here and it's alan lazard because the packers have just opened up a substantial amount of targets and everybody thinks because alan lazard goes and has thanksgiving dinner with aaron Rodgers that he's going to just turn out turn around and be the guy and he's not it's okay guys we can admit it alan lazard has had a from a 12 to 15 percent target share for the past three years that is his role. That is all he's going to be for the Packers. Devontae Adams leaving is not opening up a larger role for him. It is time for you to get your head out your ass and realize that. It, it is not happening for Alan Lazard. Them drafting Christian Watson where they did show, is another reinforcement that is not happening for Alan Lazard. It's not. He's going to be one of those guys with a 12 to 15% target share for the, over the course of the season. He's going he's gonna to be very spotty. He's going to be there if Aaron Rodgers needs him, wants him, if he's healthy. That's another issue. He may not even be healthy all, at all this time. He's just the guy that Aaron Rodgers likes to have in the wide receiver room, in the locker room. That's it. He's not going to amount to much of anything. I don't think he's going to amount to much of anything at all. And the thought that oh, all these targets opened up for the Green Bay Packers it doesn't mean it's going to Lazard. It does not mean it's going to Lazard. I, I, I would be very surprised if Lazard had a huge target share this upcoming season.
1: It's going to be a typical Lazard year. He'll have one or two weeks where he goes for 120, yep. potentially on Sunday Night Football, yep. and people go, wow, I got to invest in him. And then you go back next week, he's got 40 yards.
0: And I would be very surprised if the Packers moved on from him, if any other team was truly interested in him to make him one of their top guys.
1: He's going to get hurt. And I, I mentioned Tunyon because I don't think the receivers on the team are very good. Yeah. Watson, the jury's still out on, but still. I I agree with you.
0: Yeah, I'm just not I'm not interested in Lazard. I don't think he's gonna be that guy. And I'm just looking at where he's going and there's a bunch of guys going below him that I'm like i I would much rather take a I would much, much rather take a stab at than him. You know when, and yes, he's going later. But when you're talking about taxi squads, you're talking about deep dynasty stashes and stuff like that. Give me Trey McBride. Give I, I talked about it earlier. Give me Trey McBride. Give me Zamir White. Give me.
1: Are there uh, new receivers that are below
0: him, just so I can? Yeah, let me. Uh, let me. Matter of fact, let me just go. I just and want to group based it based on position. Yeah, no, I'm gonna filter it and I'm gonna just go straight to wide receivers, so it's easy. All right. Uh, there we go, Lazard. All right, so here are the wide receivers that are going below Lazard in Dynasty startup drafts. Robert Woods, Wando Robertson, Russell Gage, Jacoby Myers, Kenny Galladay, miko Hartman, Khalil Shakur, Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, LaVisca Chenault, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tycho Thornton.
1: Okay. Couple of guys though that I'd rather yeah, have over Lazard. It is,
0: it is, a, it's a couple of guys, and we can go even, you know, even deeper and talk about Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Uh, talk about I uh, uh, I wouldn't say Will Fuller, but you know, <laughs> uh, Nico Collins. I would be interested in. Like I'm just, I know what I'm getting out of Lazard. I would much rather take the upside of any of these guys that I listed over knowing for a fact what I'm getting from Alan Lazard.
1: It's the same logic for why you were selling short on, on Juju. It's because people have the expectations that just because you have an elite quarterback, you're automatically going to produce. And we've seen Lazard in the past with Rodgers have flashes, but it's for about two out of 17 weeks or two out of 18 weeks now. So I'm not interested in Lazard either. I am curious, though, since you have the list in front of you, do you know where Justin Fields is going for a redraft for uh, Dynasty quarterbacks?
0: Justin Fields is. He's I said going, that he was a bust, but I, he's probably he, slow anyway. He's but, actually going like one or two spots overall right behind Al Lazard. I just saw his name. Let okay. I me mean, go ahead and go back to the overall list and tell you exactly what his numbers are. It's going to be low, but I'm still lower yeah, on him no. than most people. No, he's QB 15. So okay, That's, oh, that's, that's <laughs> just way too high. I mean, that, that, that's QB, crazy. He's QB 15, and he's going about 130. Some just overall names that are – wow, this is insane. But some overall names that are just below him. Uh, Alexander Madison, Melvin Gordon, Samir White, Cole Komet, Jalen Tobert, and then we get to a quarterback, Tom Brady. And just to name some other quarterbacks, Derek Carr is going below him.
1: That's just so disrespectful with Devonte Adams being on the team. now. It's
0: incredibly disrespectful. Derek Carr is going below him. Two is going below him. Matt Jones is going below him. Uh, Zach Wilson is going below him. Okay. Kirk Cousins is going below him. Kenny Pickett is going below him. Yeah, you see how it's going.
1: Uh, the point is, which I guess real, I've I even underestimated how high <laughs> Justin Fields is being drafted. <laughs>
0: fifteen, QB fifteen is absurd. Wild. Yeah, QB fifteen, like that's, that's a, solely that's based on two. rushing yards. That's crazy. That is crazy. A QB
1: two. That's crazy. Like, no, Fields, I would completely stay away from.
0: Yeah, and hopefully it's, it's in two quarterbacks' leagues, it's worse, but it might not be. He might be going there in like two – because a lot of these dynasty leagues are two quarterback leagues. So are you really going out there, trying out Justin Fields as your second quarterback? Uh-huh. Would,
1: would you, do you think he's going to play all 17 games this year? I would be shocked. I,
0: I – because he's going to get killed yeah he's going to get hurt He's gonna get killed i i hope he i pray for his health and i hope once again i'm not again. rooting for his downfall no, no, yeah, but i'm just nobody, being realistic neither one of us are rooting for his downfall but it just doesn't look good it looks ugly for him it's mm-hmm. really really ugly for him uh but yeah um
1: do you have anything else you want to throw out because we went through our three for yeah both. we
0: did yeah I, I i'm sorry i got Stuck in the debacle. I was like, gosh, Justin Fields just has a shitty hand, man. It's so bad. All right. Yeah. Anything else for you? I'm done.
1: No, I really don't have much. Once again, season's a couple months away. So keep an eye on some news, some training camp stuff when that starts up. Try to keep in mind the reps that players are getting. And Mm -hmm. of course, we're going to do a lot of shows before that. But I mentioned my launch of, for example, Tylon Wallace, if you want to go for guys that you could buy low on. Just keep an eye on some of the depth chart news and keep an eye on some players who might be moving in silence, moving up the depth charts, and some guys who might get a lot of reps that a lot of people are not anticipating. So keep that in mind, but I don't think our fades are going to change anytime soon. I'm pretty set in stone on
0: those. Yeah, me me too. I don't think anything's changing on those fades right, right now, but... Hopefully something potentially could get better for them. but I'm looking at the stashes. The stashes, if anything, I think that their ADP is going to rise from the guys that we talked about in the start of the year. So other than that, we have nothing else for you. He's at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. I'm at reallyreal underscore underscore on Twitter. Make sure you hop into the – tap into the app, sgp, sg.pn slash app. Tap into the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. Mention us in the fantasy football chat. We'll, you know, advise, talk to you, do all that stuff. Best ball is going around doing a lot of best ball drafts, so maybe we'll do a best ball draft together or something like that. But other than that, I don't know how I'm going to end this fantasy football podcast at all. Really not. This was a great episode. Dynasty stashes and potential bust. Other than that, no idea how I'm going to end it. So I'm just going to say we are out.